This is the World Industrial News for Thursday, August 11th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part eight of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Technology is going to influence what we can do throughout. throughout. I can give a few examples. Uh, one of the issues is that we must make the power that's being generated from renewable resources, we must make it more dispatchable. Because if you simply have a group of windmills popping up and down like a jackrabbit, that doesn't really help the grid. That hurts the grid. Because sometimes, even in times of power shortage, you end up with too much power. And you have to be able to do something with that power because, again, all of this goes at the speed of light. Electricity communicates back and forth between everybody at the speed of light. So one of the ways we see technology being used is we look at these uh, batteries and the cost of batteries, which are dropping very, very rapidly. And they then can be paired with something like a solar farm to, in the aggregate, they look like something dispatchable. On the smaller consumer ones, specifically, there's provisions for aggregation within the smart grid. And what that means is that these things work and they're more valuable if they can be dispatched by an operator to actually keep the grid balanced. The other thing, and probably the hardest thing technically to do is what's called stability, voltage and frequency stability. What happens in in power, if you're trying to transmit power down a line and you don't have sufficient power, then what happens is the frequency starts to lag. And that's the way the grid is saying, send me more, send me more. And so the, the frequency becomes a very important parameter within the grid. Well, sometimes the newer technology, for example, large DC grids or large DC assets like solar farms or wind farms may drop offline and that would have a tremendously different effect than a rotating equipment with its all inertia. And so the measurements and the sensors that are managing the frequency and voltage stability of the grid are much higher speed. 120 times a second type of speed, so they can manage that. And finally, what I, what I have to say is, and I keep talking of the communication between the parts of the grid, this requires scale. And the scale of this job is a function of physics. And so if you say my scale is, say, within a state or within a distribution network, then that simply doesn't work because physics is saying the sun is shining very hard on this part of the country. We have floods on this part of the country. And physics says we have to be able to distribute power in proportion to where it's needed in the different parts. Technology will affect all those. It will affect it in what they call IoT, which is sort of shorthand for saying we're going to measure a lot more than we used to measure. We're going to measure things in the household. We're going to measure them in transmission. We're going to measure them in generation. It's going to influence 
in the technology and being able to predict ahead, look and have algorithms and systems that say, we need so much power tomorrow based on this weather pattern and based on what we know about the changes that are coming. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Mergers and acquisitions and acreage acquisitions were hot topics of conversation at the Intercom Denver, the Energy Investment Conference this week, spurred in part by Devon Energy Corporation's Tuesday decision to acquire Validus Energy for $1.8 billion in cash. There was no shortage of talk at this Denver conference, which drew more than a 1,000 registrants, about the next potential buyer and seller. Devon did not speak at the conference. Energy services provider MDU Resources Group Incorporated cruised past concerns surrounding inflation and milder-than-normal weather to notch up a record $3.1 billion backlog in the second quarter, up 37% from the same period last year. As the company prepares to spin off its construction materials business so it can focus on regulated utilities and natural gas pipelines, it is building out its presence in the prosperous Bakken shale. Industrial Info is tracking more than $1 billion worth of active projects involving MDU, the bulk of which are related to projects in the Bakken Shale. Dave Gooden, the chief executive officer of MDU, attributes the growth in the company's pipeline business to the North Bakken expansion that was placed into service earlier this year. Markets were cheering after the latest reading on U.S. inflation came in better than expected, though the reading offers little to celebrate in relative terms. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Wednesday that year-over-year inflation came in at 8.5 percent in July, compared to 9.1 percent annual inflation from June. The June reading was the highest in 40 years, but even with the slight dip, it's far from the goal of two percent set by the U.S. economic policy makers. Energy prices remain the largest contributor to the spike seen in consumer goods, and it was those prices that drove most of the July cool-off. And groundbreaking has taken place at the $195 million Rare Earth Processing Hub project in Salt in Hull in the U.K. Supported by the government and attended by Secretary of State for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy, Quasi Quarting, it will be the first major separation facility to be established in more than a decade and will become one of only three major producers located outside of China. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.